Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel, a channel focused on helping you establish a biblical philosophy of life that will empower you to reach your full God-given potential. For more information about our church, visit elevate.life. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new podcast mini-series that we are starting when uh, we are in our new series called Life Philosophy, and at the time of this recording, we're going into that series, and we thought it'd be great to do a little sit-down talk with Pastor Josh. What's and, up? <laughs> What's up? Yeah, uh, hi. We can, uh, I'm like, I guess, the, like the philosopher in residence here. Yes, philosophizer. <laughs> yeah, I, for White sure. Goodman. Yeah. You have a beard, so you, I, I qualify. Yeah, mine's patchy, so it's like I only have a little bit of... You're developing, yeah. Yes, yeah, see? You're developing your philosopher strength. Mine's just not the, You do not have a full great. head of hair, though, and I celebrate that. I. It's kind of thinning out a little no, bit. No, like, oh, Don't dude, lie about I'm, that. I'm losing it. You so, look great. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I, thank you for that. Your beard's awesome. Way more awesome than mine. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can listen to this on podcast or you can watch it on YouTube. But we are in this Life Philosophy series and we wanted to do kind of some talks about, again, a mini series of discussions um, about a lot of the things we're going to be discussing. First yeah. one being of philosophy of life. Philosophy and I thought you'd life, be a great yeah. person Thanks, man. to talk about this because you did your own studies on it. You did your own research on it. And for me, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Because in school, I would always love to go to the Spark Notes. So you're my Spark Notes. For- I'm the Spark Notes. <laughs> you're you're the- welcome. I don't um, have to read all the books. For philosophy. Yes. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I've always been interested in it. But I think, you know, for me, Pastor Keith really represents, uh, like, he's like a sensei. You know, he's got a oh. very sensei vibe to him. You know, yes. he's like very much a master. And it's like, oh, let me... I mean, just learn from you. Even some of the people know? in here might be able to see some of the stuff that's. It. We're in the warrior suite. It's called has, the warrior suite. This is Pastor Keith's office, so it's not an office, right? It's like yeah. a, it's a sanctuary. It's a, right it's a sanctuary <laughs> for philosophers, is what it is. That's so, perfect. So, um, so growing up, there was a lot of philosophy that was taught to me, but my my dad was never like, "This is the." We have philosophies. And, this is the way. Yeah, put your toga on, son. Now's the time for oh. us to have a philosophy talk. <laughs> the sundial. Here so, we come. So, uh, and philosophy is like this like, like a long word. I mean, most people don't think about philosophy as something that's attractive to them. I mean, no. we're trying to have fun, live life, like watch movies. Like if yeah. I was like, hey, Chapa, let's hang out and talk philosophy, you'd be like, no thanks. No, man. I yeah, wouldn't. I'm good. I like, appreciate that. Even even the going into the series, I'm like, that's great. Now that I've heard all the talks and done yeah. you know done some of the like I read one book or whatever, uh, heard you do a lot of discussions about it. It's like okay, I understand it a little bit. But when yeah. I first hear it, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, yeah, okay, like not you know, really for people me. that smoke pipes and just talk about things that you know like ethical dilemmas and all they do is just yes. go oh like a meaning of life and they ask questions that you could never answer it's like well what do you think it's like i don't know man <laughs> so just tell me the answer i just yeah. so like but that's not really all that to say that's not really what philosophy is so okay good <laughs> praise god yeah so to go back like two thousand years ago okay so there's this time in history where really the first person that we know of, there's people before him, but the first person that we talk about um, being like the first great philosopher was Socrates in the West. I mean, you have Eastern philosophy that you can read about, but Socrates kind of shows up on the scene and this new thing called philosophy shows up. And really philosophy is uh, like this overall, and the word philosophy just means love of wisdom, right? And so these people that were philosophers, what they would do is really try to figure out how to live wise lives. Yeah. So how should we live? And for the first time in history, this is, again, 2000 years ago. This is like uh, before Jesus is on the scene there. People are talking about, man, I wonder what would happen if we made good decisions and how can we know that we make good decisions? And, you know, for so long in human history, there is this push just to live, like just to survive, you know, like you, right. It's a very first world, like Western world thing to have the opportunity to sit down and discuss philosophy because there's places in the world right now where people are trying to figure out where their next meal is going to come from or how to live. Like you don't have time to think about what's the meaning of my life when you're starving to death. Right. (laughs) And so, so as 
humanity and as the world's developed and as countries have become developed, well, we have a lot of leisure time to think about, you know, pursuing good, pursuing fun and doing things that we like. And what do I enjoy and how can I be happy? Like when you're, like I said, when you're starving, you're not thinking about your happiness. You're just like, I have to eat or I'm going to die. So human history advances to such a point where in the Greek world, which was like the most advanced civilization at that time, Mm. they start to go, oh, well, now we have all this time to think about how we're living. And so Socrates shows up and all these different people come after him. But I love what this guy, Musonius Rufus, said. He was an early Stoic philosopher. And he said, philosophy is, is," and I'll, I'll paraphrase or I'll try to, I might jack up the quote but this is pretty much what he said philosophy is nothing more than um searching out pretty much the best way to live thinking about the best way to live and putting that into practice Mm. so a philosophy um having all of us have a philosophy of life because all of us have a way that we live Mm. like all of us have a criteria whether we realize it or not we all have something in our mind that is the criteria by which we make decisions every day. So yeah. like if someone cuts me off in traffic, right? Happens. And my response to that is proof of whatever my philosophy of life is. Now, a lot of people oh, might shoot. have like a negative philosophy of life that says I'm, you know, a person's philosophy might be rooted in justice. So they might say, well, I'm going to make sure my philosophy of life is to make sure that justice is always achieved in every situation. Yeah. So now I've personally experienced injustice. This guy cut me off and I'm a road rage with him. Right. And I'm (laughs) going to, and I have a, and I happen to have a gun in my car. So I'm going to point it at him. Right. Which is what, you know, people do in the Texas. Yeah. And the part of this country that we live in (laughs) doesn't happen that much, but uh, so all of us are philosophers, like, because all of us are deciding how to live every day. So wow. to paraphrase, like really simple, you know, when we talk about philosophy, it's nothing more than deciding how to live. So every day, the decisions that we make, uh, are decisions about how to live life. Hmm. And those decisions are two things. Number one, they're, they, 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 they're proof of what our philosophy is, yeah, right? But the second thing is, and it's kind of like this cycle, they determine our philosophy. So the, the wow. decisions that I make, like if I, um, let's say I wanna be a positive person, yeah. and I purpose, like I wanna be positive, I wanna have a positive attitude, and I experience a negative situation or I experience negative emotions, my response to that that's like intentional, like I decide right. I'm gonna respond positively that's proof that I have a philosophy that is positive. And it also helps me to further kind of like solidify that my philosophy of life is rooted in having a positive attitude. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's like a, like with, with, uh, Christina, sometimes my wife, she'll, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about something and it's like, sometimes she's a nurse. So things that she deals with can be frustrating. It's like, all right, babe, yeah. but we got to be positive about yeah. it. And that moment she's not really, down for that. that. Yeah. yeah it's no. just like, no, I don't want that. None moment. of us are when someone's like, hey, be positive. It's yeah. like, you know what? How about I be more negative now that yeah. you said that? Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite. Uh, but it's like, okay, for me, I, I do want to be more of a positive person. I do Absolutely. have those, those times and moments, just probably like you guys do as well, but have those moments where it's more negative. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I do try. Like, so that's, that's helpful. Like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Just do more of what you would prefer. Yeah. I guess. So, so one of your philosophies of life is like being a positive person, right? Yeah. So all of us kind of have these things and, and, and so it's hard for us to imagine that there was a time in history where human beings didn't think about the reason why they did what they did. Right. Right. But there was a time in history where that didn't happen. There was a time in history where people were, uh, just living life, mm. right. Just trying to exist. So these philosophers come along and they say, let's think about why we do the things that we do. Yeah. And let's be intentional about the reasons why we do what we do. And so that's pretty much what philosophy is. Yeah. Like there's a lot of other baggage that can come with it. There's <laughs> modern day philosophers. There's like philosophy is such a deep concept, right? So there's all this different stuff that people can talk about where now philosophies like become, you know, you can go get a, you can go get a, 
a degree in philosophy. You can get a you can get a doctorate in philosophy. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people that practice philosophy in just an academic sense, mm. like that philosophy is not something that we should apply to our lives. It's just like, like basically like quantum physics, like it's just out there. And yeah. Let's just really be deep, man. You know, that's <laughs> for me, that's not the way I want to live. I want to live a life that is intentional and I want to live a life that's on purpose. Yeah. And when we decide to live, live intentionally, when we decide to live on purpose, what we're doing is we're applying a philosophy of life to our life. Because wow. what, what, what wisdom is, like scripturally, and what we teach as a church, right, is we want to be wise people. And to be wise is not to know the difference between good and bad. I mean, that's basic morality. Yeah. Basic morality is, I know what's good, I know what's bad. I'm going to mostly do the good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For the most part. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not going to murder anyone, but I, I might be really angry a lot. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, I think about it, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Wisdom <laughs> is knowing the difference between good and best and choosing best. Mm. So when you and I decide, Hey, I'm going to live out a philosophy of life. What I'm saying is I want to live the best life possible for me. Yeah. I don't just want to live a good life. I want to live like a great life. I want, I want to maximize my potential. I want to become everything God's called me to be. So what's required in order for us to live our best life is to think about and decide how we're going to live. And a philosophy of life is my decisions about how I live. Yeah. You know? So then like, what's, what's one of your, uh, just to kind of give an example, what's one of your philosophies of life that you've kind of uh, developed probably in the past few years or maybe over the last two years. I don't know, something recent because you, you grew up with this. You kind of, again, you didn't, your dad wasn't always just like, all right, son, let's talk philosophy, about philosophy. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of really great stuff that we can read with like ancient philosophers. Yeah. Um, for me, I didn't get really interested in philosophy until after I got out of college because I'm not, I, you know, People say I'm smart. I don't feel like I'm that smart. Like I need to, I need to understand things about it at like an eighth grade level for me to really understand them. Like I don't like, I don't just like sit around and read college textbooks or if someone's like, Hey, you need to read this really like, like the least favorite thing. One of the things I hated the most in school was when we had to do Shakespeare. Cause I don't understand any of these words. Like, what does this yeah. even mean? Spark and like Keela, yeah, my sister, yeah, spark notes. Absolutely. <laughs> Keela, my sister, like she loves like, not philosophy. Well, she probably loves philosophy. Maybe. But she loves Shakespeare. She's like, loves Shakespearean language. Like she knows, like someone could quote something from Shakespeare to me and I would go, that is a meaningless sentence that yes. you just said. Yeah. You know, doth and thy and whatever else that he said. I don't even remember because it's, it yeah. Shakespeare is completely irrelevant to me, <laughs> you know, and whatever. Yeah. So stuff like that, it's like reading the King James versions of the Bible. It's like, this is, I, if I have to read this, uh, I'm dumber after I read this. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I never wanted to really learn about philosophy because it always felt like this really kind of hyper intellectual pursuit that just I'm just trying there. to figure like, out yeah. how to live. You know, like I just want to like have more good things than bad in my life. And I just want to be happy today. Yeah. Like, is that too much to ask? So growing up with pastor Keith, we, and even in this church, if you've been at elevate life church, we talk a lot about, thoughts, attitudes, and actions. Like we talk about think, be, do, yeah. right? And yeah. we talk about uh, controllables and uncontrollables. There's all these different things that we right. hear. Um, in the history of philosophy, there's a lot of stuff, like I said, we can read. We read Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, one of the things that I ended up latching onto personally that a lot of people have latched onto, it's actually kind of a popular thing in culture now, is stoicism as a philosophy. Now, when we hear like stoicism or like stoic, we think of people that like don't have emotions and they just kind of sit just there. Chill. Um, that's different than stoicism. Stoicism okay. is called stoicism because in ancient Greece, uh, there was a place called a stoa. It was like this big covered porch. You can, you can Google stoa and see what they are. It's like these big covered porches where they would... Um, People would sell goods and all kinds of stuff. Remember the movie Hercules? Yeah. You know, you know, in the movie where well, he... Which one? The, the Disney one. one. Oh, yeah. okay, great. There's another, there's another Hercules. Oh, The Rock. The Rock. Yeah, you I don't remember that one. I remember the Disney one. Okay, great. Um, yes. So 
where he shows up in the cartoon and there's like all those columns and he yeah. goes and knocks them over because he's like this clumsy, like really strong guy. Yeah. That's pretty much what a stoa was. It was like this huge thing with all these columns okay. and all these, it was like a mall. So it's like all these vendors selling all their stuff. So what Zeno, who is the, that was his name, he was the first stoic, um, he met, he met people there, there. Interesting. And that was called a stoa. And so they became stoics because they met at a stoa. It would be like, Moloch, like yeah. met at the mall. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Moloch. We meet at the mall, so we're Molochs. Like, yeah, that's pretty much what it would be. All right. You know? So there's a lot we can read about Stoicism, but one of the things that attracted me to Stoicism is Pastor Keith, my dad, is a Stoic, but he never really read Stoicism. He just happened upon Stoicism hmm. in terms of his own learning and growing and developing because Stoicism as a philosophy has kind of entered culture as just things that we know that are true. So mm. there's there's a few key components or elements of Stoicism kind of as a philosophy. The first thing is that there's only certain things that we can control, which all of us know. Right. Right. But again, 2000 years ago, this was mind blowing for people. It's like, <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, yeah, what? there's only okay. th certain things we can control. And my focus should only be on the things that I can't control. Okay. Um, now to hone in on that for a second, if you and I think about what are the greatest things in our life that give us anxiety, that frustrate us, that bother us, that we hate, yeah. that keep us up at night, all of that, most of our focus is, well, most of those things, if not all of those things are things we can't control. Like I think about yeah. my kids getting sick, causes anxiety. Um, I remember when Charlie was born, right? And they bring in the hearing test little cart to the, to the hospital room. Right. And in my mind, I thought, oh my gosh, she could be deaf because they can't check for hearing in a sonogram. Nope. It's like, what do I do if I have a deaf kid? It could, like when I'm looking, you know, they put the little thing up to their head and they test their hearing. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's not moving. Like I'm just feeling so much anxiety <laughs> yes. because what do we do if she's deaf, right? Yeah. So like that's an, I can't control whether or not my kid's deaf, but that's something that causes so much anxiety for me. Or I, mm. you know, my kids will get sick or something will happen to Courtney or uh, I'll think about inflation. I mean, whatever it is that's happening in society. <laughs> And I go, oh my gosh, gas like prices. gas prices, what am I going to do? And that's, that's most of what makes people anxious. So here's yeah. what the Stoics said. That there's all that stuff that happens. Mm. But to worry about that and to concern yourself with that doesn't do anything except for mess you up mm. because you can't control it. And yeah. if you could control it, you would. If I could go control gas prices today, of course I would change them. Yeah. But I can't change them. Yeah. If I if I could control whether or not my kids ever got sick, then of course I would prevent them from ever being sick. Right. But I can't control that. So, uh, stoicism says you can only you should only focus on what you can control. Now, if you and I spent the rest of the day today just trying to figure out what is it that we can control we would pretty much land on some version of three things. We can control our thoughts, we can control our attitudes, and we can control our actions, which yep. again, in our church, is think, be, do. So Pastor Keith has preached think, be, do for a, pretty much since the beginning of our church. Yeah. Now, he didn't get that. He didn't go read a book on Stoicism and get that. That's just a thing that's true, yeah. is that really what I can control is what I think, be, and do. And Pastor Keith says it this way, that how we think and how we be and what we do will determine what we have in life. Why? Because yeah. you and I should only worry about what we can control. Now, mm. to break that down some more, and there's two more things with stoicism that are like the key components. So okay. that, that first one's kind of easy to understand. Okay. The second one is um, when you control what it is that you can control, what's the best way to control those things? So when you think about controlling your thoughts, right? or controlling your attitudes or controlling your actions, how do you know you're controlling those well? That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Yeah. I mean, so like, how do you know, like in your life right now, like, how do you know you're thinking a good thought? Well, uh, based off what we, the equation we have, the think we do, it means like, uh, what, what we have, I guess, maybe the things uh, we have in our you, life. But you said just a second ago, you talked about positive attitude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like you can sit there and you can look at a thought okay. in your head and you can say, is this thought positive or negative? 
So more gauging right? it in my mind, like, oh man, this is, is, is it more of what I prefer or not? Because there's like, a criteria there for you. Okay, yeah, I yeah. want to have positive thoughts. So yeah. like, I want to have positivity in my life, right? So I have to think positive. Yeah. I have to have a positive attitude. I have to be positive. I have to do positive things. Yeah. So that think plus be plus do equals I have the positive have attitude. I have positive things in my life. So here's what the Stoics said, that the only way to know that we're successful in life is how well we live by virtue. And today we would call those mm. core values. Okay. okay. So um, and we'll get into core values later, but when you and I do what we do, think how we think and, and act how we act, all those different things, how can we know that we're successful? Well, most people, the way that they think in life is if I'm, if I'm, approved by culture mm. like or if someone around me thinks that i'm a good person or if this person who i really like and respect and admire if they accept me yeah that's how most people look at success they don't purpose out to live by values yeah but when you say well i want to have a positive attitude that's independent of whatever happens in outside society sources social media it's outside of those things yeah. it's more it's that's internal. more you saying this is what i want or in the chop of family this is what we want yeah so in the in stoicism they established what they called four virtues and i like the word virtue better than value but today there's a lot of language on core values so we use core values but in stoicism there were four virtues that they sought to live by yeah wisdom temperance courage and justice okay so here's what the stoics would ask when we control what we can control yeah our thoughts attitudes and actions are our thoughts attitudes and actions rooted in temperance are they rooted in justice are they rooted in wisdom and are they rooted in courage so mm -hmm. what does temperance mean like you can google temperance i say can you impact that a little bit yeah temperance like, temperance, temperance is a, a pretty much another word to simplify it's another word for balance okay. so am i having a balanced thought process am i having a balanced mindset mm. uh stoics talked a lot about choosing the middle way like don't be don't be too extreme one way or another okay so to root things in temperance means that do everything in moderation so in my thinking, am I moderating my thinking? In my attitudes, do I, am I prone to extreme attitudes, right? One so like, yeah, like, you know, am I manic? Like, it's one thing to be positive. It's another thing to be like, you know, like a psychopath that you're like, you know, everything's not good and you're like, it's great, it's amazing. <laughs> like, that's not really temperate for you to yeah. do that. Um, and are my actions balanced and temperate, right? So, um, so that's temperance, right? Wisdom, right? Is this, and I just, I mentioned that earlier. Not just good, not and, just bad, good and bad, but best. Good and best. Is this what yeah. I can perceive to be the best thing right now? Courage, right? Am I facing my fears? Am I, am I being a brave person? Am I doing what I know that I need to do? Because stoicism, mm. and this, this is another thing that I love about it, is these people were all about action. It wasn't like, let's just sit and think. It was yeah. like, when we live life, let's live lives with courage yeah and then justice let's pursue justice and and there's a lot of teaching and talks on justice but there's a difference between justice and fairness you know to pursue justice is also to pursue the best for people and to mm. pursue the best for the society that we live in because um, it's not just about so when we talk about control controlling our controllables what a lot of times that can do is create a lot of selfishness where i'm just about me and my family, yeah. and it's all about me. Well, the Stoics value justice because they would look at their actions and their attitudes and their thoughts, and they would say, does, does my thinking attitudes and actions basically lead to a more just society? Mm. Um, so that was the, that's the second thing, is Stoics would say the level, you know, our ability to succeed in life comes down to our ability to live by virtue. When we control our controllables, we should control those according to virtue, according to our core values. And you kind of you kind of break this stuff down a little bit in in your book that you have the way to yeah. live. I mean, I uh, have a book, I guess. <laughs> this is this isn't the the I'm hey, here also, promo. But hey, I mean, it's not even really out yet. We have right now. we have like I think uh, uh, like a few left that we did like yeah. a pre-release for the Mighty Men here at the church. And uh, there's a Google Doc that's floating around or whatever that people can access. That book will actually the actual book will be out next year. 
But oh, um, shoot, here it comes. Yeah, next year, twenty twenty three. I spent a lot of time, you know, in my life, I spent a lot of time thinking through that, um, yeah. and and kind of drilling down. Just because I'm a researcher, I really like to learn. I like yes. history and yeah. stories, and so uh, I do drill down into that. But um, that's where the even the idea of core values comes from. So wisdom, temperance, courage, and justice. If you're familiar with church history and you're listening to this, Saint Thomas Aquinas, Saint Augustine these guys were actually stoic philosophers like before they were Christians. And so, oh, wow. so what they did, there's, you can Google like cardinal virtues of the church. And these are more Catholic than what most churches use. But the Thomas Aquinas talks about the cardinal vir virtues. And so does Augustine and the cardinal virtues in the Catholic church are the virtues that the Stoics put in place before the Catholic church ever existed. So wow. these guys took wisdom, temperance, courage, and justice, and they said, this is how a great Christian acts, and this is how Christians operate. And I, and I always thought that was interesting. So, so there's always been like this pursuit of these of, of virtues mm -hmm. um, in, in great philosophy. And um, so when we control what we can control, we should do that based on our virtues, not just based on random, you know, like how else can I know a good, a thought is a good thought outside of my own personal opinion? Well, yeah. I got to weigh that against something, the goal. And the goal for me is to live by these certain virtues. The last thing is, and this is the why. So the why behind the reason why we can only focus on our controllables and the reason why we can purpose to live by virtue and have our lives be good lives and believe that our lives are good lives is because of this third concept in stoicism called the logos. Now, if you're again, a, a really deep Christian person, or you've read the book of John and looked at the Greek, the Bible uses <laughs> the word logos a lot. But the word logos is just uh, the Greek word for word, right? <laughs> so, so, but logos has a lot of, deep. yeah, logos <laughs> has a lot of weight in ancient Greek philosophy because a lot of philosophers and especially the Stoics believed that this, this con, they believed in a concept called mm -hmm. the logos, not just like the word, yeah. but the logos represented that there was a, um, a God. There was a divine creator that created an established order in the universe. Mm. And that Logos was the plan. Like Logos was the plan of God. And mm. so like in, in church and in Christian culture, we talk about Romans 8, 28. God, God causes all things to work together for our good. Yeah. The Stoics said that before we even said that as Christians. The Stoics, the Stoics wow. talked about how the Logos, that the universe, like the universe itself, uh, everything was ultimately going to work out for the best for for us. Wow. So the reason why I can let go of the things that I can't control is because the Logos is going to control all those things. And ultimately, at the end of my life, those things will work out for the best for me. Wow. And that's not uh, that that thought process didn't actually originate. I mean, it did originate originate with, uh, you know, the Old Testament is one of the oldest, you know, uh, books or collection of books that we have as humans. Right. So the idea of a deity of God as a creator and God as a, a God with a plan um, originated in the Old Testament thought process, but it, it wasn't like, we're not the only ones that believed that there was a divine plan for the universe that was good. Mm. Like even people that were philosophers that didn't have any kind of knowledge. I mean, Jesus wasn't around, like Jesus didn't exist whenever these the guys were developing philosophy, and right? Philosophizing. And, 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 uh, there's a lot more there. Well, I'll just say it since we're just talking. So, yeah. so Jesus wasn't around, but also these guys that these ancient Greeks didn't have access that we know of to the old Testament itself, mm. like the old Testament and the, the Pentateuch and the Torah and all of that was only for Jews. So a person wow. would not have access I mean, they could maybe if they were an academic on some level, maybe yeah. these books had, had spread to ancient Greece, but they weren't even really allowed to believe those things because the only people that those that the Old Testament was written for were ancient Jews. Wow. So like the only people like we're called Gentiles, right? Because right. we're not Jews. So the only people that were allowed to believe in Yahweh and see Abraham as their father and all of that were people that were actually descended from the Israelites. So it's not like, I mean, maybe there's a, there's a case to be made, not that any of us would really know. Yeah. There's a case to be made that maybe like ancient philosophers, 
had access to the the book of Genesis or whatever, uh, but we don't know that for sure. What we no. do know is that they stumbled upon God. And in fact, in the book of Acts, Paul, the Bible says that Paul went and he reasoned with the Stoics and the Epicureans. And Epicureanism is, a di is another philosophy that was prevalent during that time in Roman history. And Paul looks at them and he says, and I'll paraphrase it, he says, you've, you've been feeling for God. You've been trying to feel your way to him. Mm -hmm. And I know the God that you're trying to feel your way to. Wow. And so philosophy, like all of us as people, really are, are trying to figure out whether we have a relationship with God or not. Um, whether we see ourselves as atheists or agnostic or Christian or whatever, yeah. we're all trying to figure out how to live a good life. And that's ultimately what philosophy does. Now, these philosophers and even people today, they'll talk a lot about the pursuit of meaning and the pursuit of purpose and yeah. the pursuit of like living a life that matters. And that has nothing to do. I mean, we know in Christianity that when we have a relationship with God, that's really the only way for us to discover our purpose. Mm. Um, and that's what we believe. But even people today that have no relationship with God, they'll still talk a lot about purpose and meaning uh, because there's like eternity in our hearts. Like you think about it this way. So one of the unique things that humans do is we have this desire for more. Yeah. So like my dog is awesome. Like, I mean, kind of, she's <laughs> special. She's adopted. So she's awesome to me, maybe not to other people. Yeah. But my dog does not live her life thinking, is there more for me than this? Mm, yeah. You know, that's right. Yeah. Like, what is my destiny? Yeah. What am I put? What am I on the earth to do? You know, my dog, I don't feel like would ever suffer from depression. Now, a person who's listening to this, who's like maybe a dog psychologist, say, no, dogs can be depressed. Yeah, they, have, they have emotions. They can be bipolar too. Yes. Right? Um, now, I don't know if that's true or not, but most animals yeah. and other beings that live on the planet that aren't human don't have a desire for purpose. They don't have a desire for more. They're not like trying to achieve anything yeah. outside of just existing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like you go see a deer today in the woods. What's the deer going to do? The deer's going to go eat some leaves, try not to get yeah. killed by a predator, humans included, and, uh, and try to procreate on some level. That's yep. pretty much the... And a deer's not going to go, you know, I'm kind of tired of this whole deer game. What is, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. What's the meaning <laughs> of all this, guys? What are we doing? Yeah. And maybe deer are having that conversation. We but just don't know. You know, as far as we know, they're not. Maybe so that's why they're so skittish. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my, my, my purpose. Destiny. <laughs> um, but, but the reason why I say that is because even these philosophers were like consumed with trying to figure out. Uh, what the more was that was beyond like this current moment and this current like season of existence that we have. And yeah. so they define this thing called the Logos that ends up um, really guiding the philosophy in terms of going, okay, I can control what I can control yeah. and I can live purpose to live by, by virtue because there's something outside of me that created all of this that I see mm. and all of this that I experience that has a good plan for me. Um, so that's pretty much stoicism in a nutshell, <laughs> right? Spark notes, guys. And then you look you at, go. so, and I'll give you guys this, I'll give this one last kind of thought just to kind of wrap everything up from my perspective on this one particular topic. <laughs> and that's, so we have the Old Testament, right? And the yeah. Old Testament... Sometimes as Christians, we look at the Old Testament, and the New Testament, and we imagine that they were both kind of written, you know, back to back to back. And yeah. all of these books were kind of written down at the same time. Just, yeah. I mean, this is thousands of years of history altogether. I yeah. mean, um, so between the the old te the, the Bible is not a, a book. We call it a book, but it's a collection of books. There's 66 books in the Bible. Right. Right. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. These books were all written by all different authors at all different times in history. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of some of the, the the gaps between books of the Bible is like hundreds of years yeah. that we know of. Uh, some of them might have been even before that. Like when you look at the book of Job or the book of Genesis, we're not really quite sure when those were written. Right. Right. To this day. Yeah. So, um, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's 400 years of 
nothing. Yeah. So in theology, it's called the intertestamental period. A lot of people call it the silent period. It was just a time where God didn't speak. No books of the Bible were written during that time that we yeah. recognize. I mean, it was just this whole silent period. So what happens in this silent period, right? The rise of philosophy. The Persian wow. Empire shows up on the scene and they kind of take over the known world. Then the Greek Empire, Alexander the Great shows up. This is all during the intertestamental period. I mean, mm. it's like this massive time in human history that a lot of us have knowledge of. So the Greek Empire shows up on the scene and Alexander the Great conquers the known world. And they, they, uh, they're called the, they, it's called the Hellenistic period. And what the Greeks wanted to do is Hellenize the world, which is basically about teaching people to have philosophy. Yeah. So they wanted to bring Greek culture all over the world, right? Then what comes after the Greek empire? It's the Roman empire, yeah. right? The greatest empire in world history, all of that. Um, philosophy comes to the forefront. This is like really maybe the number one development in humanity that happens during this silent period. Mm. The Stoics and philosophers even before them um, hone in on this idea of the Logos, okay? And then John 1, if you read the book of John, John 1 says, in the beginning was the Logos. Mm. And, and when we read it in, the, in, in English, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it goes, it's kind of like this really poetic <laughs> Shakespearean part oh. of scripture. Like it's a little bit like impractical and hard to understand. Yeah. But here's what John's doing because stoicism in the Roman Empire, especially, this is hundreds of years of history, but, but stoicism became the leading school of thought in mm. the Roman Empire. Like stoicism was what, what, what parents would do uh, in this time in history is there wasn't school like we have school today. You would yeah. send your kids to an academy. Mm. Like you would go, okay, like I'm going to raise my kids. You know, you've got Eric, you've got your son. I'm going to take Eric and I like this school of philosophy for my son and I'm going to put him in that academy and that, that academy is going to teach him how to live just like the academy I went to that taught me how to live. Yeah. If you were rich enough, you would hire a philosopher to live in your house and just teach your kids how to live. That was school back then. Dang. So the whole point of education Dang. in that era in history was to teach people how to live good lives. Wow. Like that's not maybe what school is today. No. Right? That's not the schools that Stay you and I went to. It wasn't like, hey, let's... <laughs> let's teach you how to live. It's like, let's get good standardized test scores so yep. we can get our funding. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. When I went to college, it wasn't about, you know, learning how to live my life. It was just getting a degree so I could go work. Right. Late for class. And there's that. So, so philosophy and stoicism was so huge 2000 years ago that everybody knew about it. Everyone wow. had an interaction with it. Everybody in society knew the importance of philosophy. So the largest philosophy in the Roman Empire is Stoicism. And mm. the New Testament was written to an audience that lived in the Roman Empire at that time, that they knew about philosophy and they knew about Stoicism. So John chapter 1, the reason why I'm giving that context is because John chapter 1 talks about the Logos. Now, Logos to us, and if you've been in theology circles or, again, church culture, you hear the word Logos and you think that's a word that comes from the Bible. That word had a lot of weight in the, in the world before John ever used it in the book of John. That mm. word meant uh, the plan as defined by philosophers. Wow. So in the beginning was the plan. And we all believe in the Logos because most of us that are listening to this are Stoics. Yeah. In the beginning was the plan and the plan was with God and the plan was God. So that begins to, I, for a Stoic audience, for like a secular audience, that begins to, to tie these two things together, theology yeah. and philosophy. 100%. And says like in the beginning there was a person that created or is himself the Logos. And that, that word, again, to go to John 1, that word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. The plan of God became a person, and that person's name is Jesus. Mm. And so the Stoics, or the, the, people, that, the people that were uh, reading these words or hearing them read at that era in history, that passage of Scripture meant something a lot different to them than it does to us today. And what it would mean is you guys know stoicism. Like yeah. you know how to control your controllables. You know what's uncontrollable to you. 
you know to live by virtue, and you know this concept of the Logos, that you can trust that all things are going to work together for your good. Now here comes John, and John says, um, the Logos is not unknowable. Mm. The Logos is this person named Jesus who became the plan of God to show us how to live. So then the New Testament takes place, and we can read the rest of the New Testament about yeah. how God wants us to live. And that was written to that audience that was in the Roman Empire that knew a lot about Stoicism. And so what's always been interesting to me is that living like Jesus and following the way of the New Testament is very complementary, and it's not, comp it's not competition with philosophy, and it's not competition with Stoicism. Yeah. It's very complementary to Stoicism because it was written to... An that, audience that kind of audience that knew a lot about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, and we know a lot about that now because a lot of stoicism has kind of entered cultural lexicon. Like right. if I played football in high school, uh, then my coach would be like, "Hey, just focus on what you can control today." You know, that's that's a philosophy. That's stoic philosophy. Yeah. Um, um, if if I, you know, work for like most companies in America today, especially in the Western right. world. They have core values. I mean, that comes from philosophy that, you know, companies didn't invent the idea of core values. Yeah. Um, and then most, most people uh, that have a spiritual context, okay, will somehow put themselves in a position where they know there's a plan that's bigger than them. Wow. And uh, what the Bible does for us today and what the Bible did especially back then is it brings it into context to say, yeah, like all that stuff's real, but all that stuff you know, emanates from God himself and, and Jesus, the person. Wow. So, um, so the more I like learned this stuff, that's a super long answer to your question, which I'm good at, <laughs> but the more I learned this stuff and the more I researched this stuff, the more I was like, man, like, wow, this is like a way that I can, this is like a way that I can practically live that can tie in with the way I want to live. I want to live like Jesus, but yeah, like, these are practical things I can add to my life that people thousands of years ago were discussing that we still discuss today mm. that uh, uh, really go together. And so I've spent a lot of time, like I would say over the past, like, you know, five, 10 years, really just like digging down into that and like yeah. developing my own philosophy of life, you know, because like I said, having a philosophy of life is just deciding how we should live and putting that into practice. And uh, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, of course you want to live like Jesus. I mean, that's yeah. like the point. That's, I mean, that's what right? Like says, I want so. to be like Jesus. Yeah. And I feel like choosing to adopt elements of stoicism into my life have helped me to live like Jesus more mm. because it helps me to focus on what I can control. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of different kind of these weird kind of uh, segments in, in scripture that uh, kind of point to philosophy. Like there's a passage in scripture where Paul, there was a philosopher named Seneca and Seneca was, uh, a lot of people say that Seneca and Jesus were born in the same year. It's really interesting. Wow. So Seneca uh, had a brother who was a, uh, was a governor. Um, and Paul had, uh, Paul had all these conversations with Seneca's brother. And so there's like these apocryphal stories that Seneca, who was a philosopher, and Paul were in relationship with each other. And then like I referenced it before, but... Paul goes and reasons. He goes to Rome and he reasons with the philosophers, right? And wow. um, and so there's all these tie-ins between philosophy and scripture that right. I think it's important not for everyone to go read a bunch of philosophy books. Although, like, please do if you want to. Yeah. Uh, you like you don't need my permission to go read a book anyway. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like there's You're all blessed. these there's all these tie-ins where uh, of course, like if if philosophy is me deciding the best way to live. Hmm. And scripture tells me that the best way to live is to live like Jesus, then I can choose everything else after that that's like a tool for me. Yeah. So like focusing on what I can control, um, that's a tool mm. that I can add to my toolbox. Um, choosing to live by core values, choosing to live by virtues, that's a tool. You know, mm. choosing to trust God with what I can't control. Like Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work together for our good. Yeah. Um, that's a tool that I can that I can practice, and there's a lot more uh, in Stoicism than that, because it's like a you know two thousand year old thing. Yeah. But um, it's the long and short of it, man. In terms of what I feel like I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Thanks, bro.
That's great. Well, I mean, what's what's probably the most interesting part is the fact that, again, that Christianity piece, uh, I feel like, and maybe you kind of feel the same way out there, is that it's not um, the way it correlates with philosophy and um, stoicism. All of that is like, oh, well, that's its own separate thing. Christianity's over here, and stoicism and philosophy, all that's its own separate thing. It's like, yeah. for me, I could automatically think that way. Maybe they think that way too, but... I think with you kind of giving that background of the correration or yeah. the fact well, that the Bible even alludes to some, some little hints or yeah, little well, things the like, way oh, I feel like I, I mean, I wasn't necessarily taught this, I, but I, I definitely can empathize with people that say that like Christianity or like God and reason, mm. like God and being logical and practical are somehow uh, incompatible. Yeah. Like people will talk about God and science don't really work together. And um, I, I feel like that's just something uneducated people say. <laughs> like, honestly, it's yeah. like people that don't really care about science and logic and reason. Yeah. Oh, they're like, eh, I just believe what God says. Yeah. I don't really know anything about that. Right. And, and so they, 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 give, they give Christians kind of a little bit of a bad name in terms of like, well, that's all worldly. Right. Yeah. That yeah. was like the world Not I grew up world. in. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, that's really worldly for you to talk about that. It's like, well, I live in the world, don't I? Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not like currently in heaven, presently in this moment. Like yeah. I, ha yeah, it's worldly because I'm like I'm gonna go eat food later. Yeah. I'm not gonna subsist on the breath of God breathing in my lungs. Now, like I could believe that, but I actually have to go live in the practical world. Yeah. So like. God's given us an intellect for a reason. He's given us the ability to reason. Yeah. He's given us the ability to learn. Um, there's all kinds of tools that we can take advantage of that aren't incompatible with God. Like when we purpose, you know, in my opinion, when we purpose to like live our best life, mm. that's like something that God actually wants for us. And yeah. scripture, scripture and the word of God is meant to be the primary tool by which we do that. And right. the primary driver of that. Uh, but like, that's not the only thing. I mean, the Bible mm. doesn't cover every permutation of life that's going to no. exist, right? If we try to, it's going to be like, well, it's not in the Bible, so I guess yeah. it's not covered. The Bible's not an encyclopedia of do's and don'ts. It's yeah. not like, you know, all that. So there's a lot more that the Bible is, but it's not just the Bible. Yeah. Like, the Bible's really important, but to live a good life, like... Um, we can add other things to that. Now you don't ha you don't have to. I mean, yeah, it's not like you're, no. you know, it's not like scripture says go out and learn other things, and you're required to do that. But I feel like when we learn more, we get better. Yeah. And the more I've researched that, like when I was when I was in school, man, like I went to a Christian school, I went to ORU or Roberts University, and there's a super high emphasis that's placed on theology and understanding God. Yeah. And that's like really important. I mean, I want to understand God, but I also like would really love to understand myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good point. You yeah. know, I'd love to decide how, how I want to live and I'd love to, you know, understand how God made me and all of that. And like God and God, God created science. You know? He created science. He created science. He created <laughs> philosophy. He created all these different things that too many, I feel like too many Christians will run from that because it like feels worldly. Yeah. Um, but but those are things that can actually complement and enhance, like I feel like our experience with God and our experience mm. in life. And those things have given me tools. And yes, scripture absolutely does give me tools. Um, but one time I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, man, like you read too many books. You just got to read the Bible. Like I read the Bible every day. <laughs> um, but, and the Bible has a lot to say about like marriage. Yeah. But I'm really glad that I like can benefit from books on marriage. The Bible does have things to say about parenting, but I'm really glad that I can go learn about parenting from seminars and summits and yes. people that are psychologists and people that know a lot about how to raise kids. I'm really glad that I can add that yes. to what I know that scripture says. And it's not just like, just only this. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like, you know, having a balanced diet, I feel like in life, you know, it's mm. like if you only eat meat, um, that's cool and all. Yep. But you probably won't be have nutrition. No. You know? Still and, eat the veggies. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a really bad analogy because the Bible's not like only meat. Uh, but in order to live my best life, uh, yes, Scripture should be number one. And I, and I should not believe, you know, Scripture is absolutely true. Everything else is kind of a matter of opinion. But outside of that, it's like, well, I can add those things to, to, my, to my repertoire, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's it's... 
we haven't heard. I feel like I didn't hear a lot about that growing up because most people I knew didn't really want that or need that. But yeah. what I what I felt like I wanted and needed was a lot of I need a lot of practical stuff. Like I said, I need things at like an eighth grade level. I need to understand. Like I I'm believe in spirituality. <laughs> like, I believe in spirituality. I believe in being spiritual. I believe in the spiritual realm and all these things. Uh, but I don't live there. Yeah. Like I live in the practical. Yeah. You know. And so I want to figure out how to practically live every day. And um, so these things have helped me. And I also I feel like they're really complementary to how scripture says we how scripture says we should live you know because even romans chapter 12 verse 2 says don't be conformed to this world but allow god to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think so even god starts with our thinking first philosophy starts with our thinking first god starts with our thinking first why can't we use both of these things to help our thinking grow yeah you know that's great thanks man uh, just a thought. I, just thinking, thinking on it. Well, I, I, I believe that is a, a great uh, kind of stopping point for maybe episode one because we kind of dove into deep. a that lot. A we, deep we talked about a lot right there. There was, but there's a lot of more things. I, I think even we kind of talked about. You just, you just mentioned it. You kind of need uh, um, the practical things. Uh, I'd love to even talk about for the next episode, like episode two, even talking about maybe like core values. Yeah. Break that down a little bit further. Because that may that may help people understand, like, okay, yes, I can't control what I can't control, but I can control what I can. The next step would probably be again that that core value piece. Uh, let's let's kind of look at breaking that down for the next episode, and then the last one, the third one being the logos, that yeah. that last logos. Yeah, so well, like, I'd hey, say too, like, think about word. yeah, like the if plan, you're, sort yeah. Of speak, plan. Well, and if you're listening to this or whatever, just think about what is your philosophy of life. I mean, yeah. Like, you know, we all have one, whether it's by default or by design. Yes. And so what's the reason why you make decisions that you make? What's the reason why you do what you do? Yeah. You know, most people, like, if they're like me, I'm a person that, like, I'll do things because I feel like doing them. Yeah. So what philosophy of life is that? It's a philosophy of life that's rooted in feeling good. <laughs> I just want to feel good. Yeah. So every decision I make is going to be based on helping me feel good. Yeah. Right? And when you start to think about the why behind the decisions that you make, the why behind the attitudes that you have and the why behind your thinking, then you can ultimately understand where that philosophy of life comes from and mm. determine whether or not that's really a good or bad philosophy that you have. Is that gonna get you where you wanna be in life? Absolutely. I think it's a, a great question to kind of ponder on. It's like, okay, the thing, what, <laughs> why do I do the things that I do? And then is that gonna get me where I wanna go? I think those are great kind of topics, the handles, the practical kind of sense of, uh, of summing up all the things we talked about. And so again, thank you, Pastor Josh. Thanks, bro. That was a, that was very in depth, man. You are, <laughs> I'm so glad I have him for my spark notes. That's for sure. I hope those are spark notes. I feel like that was like, you know, war and peace that I just gave. One. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in. Come back next time for episode two of, uh, well, life, uh, the philosophies of life. And we're going to be diving into core values. So. Yeah. Elevate Life Podcast. Let's hey, do it. See you back here. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. That way, you know when a new episode has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, visit elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.